Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I'm your host, Callie. And if you're new here, welcome. We read creepy stories from Reddit. If you've never heard of Reddit, that doesn't matter. Sit back for some creepy content. And this week, I am going to read some stories from Glitch in the Matrix, of course, and some from Creepy Encounters and Let's Not Meet. So that being said, and without further ado, let's get into it. This happened to me three nights ago, and I'm going crazy trying to figure it out. I just moved into a new apartment one month ago, and I'm still unpacking and settling in. I've been using my parents' address as my mailing address, who live a few towns over, 20 minutes away, all of my life. Three nights ago, my parents call me at 2 a.m., freaked out, and proceed to tell me this story. Apparently, at 1 a.m., Someone starts banging on their front door and repeatedly ringing their doorbell. My stepdad walks downstairs and opens the door, leaving the front glass door closed and locked. There was a man standing outside who looked to be in his 30s with a black hoodie on with the hood pulled up around his face. He didn't have any distinguishing facial features, facial hair, tattoos. The only thing my stepdad said was that he looked to be Hispanic. Neither my stepdad or my mother, who was watching the whole thing out of a window, recognized the man. The man says, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I'm looking for my full name. My stepdad plays dumb and says, who? And the man proceeds to state my full name again and says that my boyfriend is worried because I didn't come home that night. He claims to be a friend of my boyfriend and he tells my stepdad that they are both out looking for me, worried because I didn't show up at home. I don't have a boyfriend. I live by myself with my three dogs and haven't been in a relationship in the past five to six months. Here's the weird part. My stepdad asked the guy what boyfriend he was talking about and the man tells him the name of the boyfriend that I had when I was in the 10th grade, nearly 20 years ago. My boyfriend in the 10th grade has a very, very unique Italian name, and I've never met anyone with a full name even close to his. He says my high school boyfriend's name a few more times to ensure my stepdad heard him and repeats that they are very worried about me. Is my stepdad sure I'm not inside? At this point, my stepdad is weirded out and closes and locks the door in his face. The man does not leave. He lingers in front of my parents' house for the next 10 minutes, smoking cigarettes and talking on the phone. Finally, my parents call the cops. And about five minutes before the cops arrive, the man walks down to the dead end on the block and drives away in a silver car. Stepdad was unable to get the license plate. My parents file a police report and nothing else happens. After I hear this story, I'm going nuts over the weird details. 
how would someone know who I dated nearly 20 years ago? And what would be the motive of making up a story that included that weird detail about my past? I haven't had contact with that guy since 10th grade, over a decade. Yesterday, I decided to message him on a Facebook to see if he has any insight. I tell him the whole story. He's just as confused as I am and claims to have no part of it. I'm at a loss. I'm also really freaked out. I mean, some strange man is going through that much trouble at 1 a.m. to look for me. Any insights or ideas would be greatly appreciated. And no, nothing else weird has happened since then. So this past winter, I, 27 female, went with my mom on vacations to a very small town in the middle of a huge ecological park that consists of kilometers upon kilometers of desert. It's not the first time we've gone there on vacation. We just love how calm and quiet it is, the beautiful scenery and the kind people who live in that town. Now, since it's a very small town, There's just one hotel with five rooms and three bathrooms. Two of the three bathrooms are inside the restaurant that's attached to the hotel. And to get to them from any of the rooms, you have to pass various sets of doors. Because of this, at night, we only used the other bathroom, which was a metal door on the other side of a small patio. I remember that the first day at the hotel, I went to the bathroom and when I tried to close the door, I couldn't close it fully because there was a crack on the wall that the door was attached to. There had been an earthquake a few years prior, which was probably the culprit for this crack. Since the last time we stayed at the hotel many years ago, it wasn't there before. As a result, we had to tie a string from the lock to a nail in the wall inside the bathroom in order to close it. And even then, it never fully closed. It annoyed me, but we weren't paying much and we were the only ones staying at the hotel anyways. Well, here's how the glitch happened. It was our third day staying at the hotel and we had just come back from a walk up a nearby mount and very small, the walk barely lasted an hour. It was still fairly early night, around 10 p.m. and my mom said she was going to get ready for bed. I told her to go ahead because I wanted to stargaze for a little while taking advantage of a cloudless sky. I did so for about half of an hour or so before deciding it was time to also get ready for bed. I went to our room, got my toothbrush and toothpaste, and then went to the bathroom. As soon as I stepped inside, everything felt off. I reached for the light switch, but it wasn't there. I searched for it to no avail. And then when my eyes got used to the darkness, I saw it was on the opposite wall the one that had a crack. Except when I turned on the light, I realized there was no crack. As so, I was able to close the door perfectly and there was no string or nail to tie it in place. It was as if it was an entirely different bathroom, but everything else was the same. The tiles on the walls, the slightly rusted mirror, the cheap looking head shower, the white sink with the pink soap, Everything was the same as I remembered, except for the cracked wall and the light switch. It was as if for the time I took to wash my teeth, 
I was in an alternate timeline in which the earthquake didn't happen, the wall didn't crack and the light switch wasn't moved to the other wall. It was a very surreal experience and the more I stayed there, the more nervous I became. So I hurried up, turned off the light and pretty much sprinted towards my room. My mom was already asleep, so I decided not to bother her, but it took a while before I could sleep because I was feeling so unnerved. The next day, with the sun now illuminating everything, I went back to check on the bathroom that had scared me so much the previous night, but it was exactly as it should be, crack and all. I haven't been able to make sense of this situation despite how much I've thought about it. So a few key things here before I get into it. I work the front desk at an internal medicine clinic. All the phones are Cisco phones that have caller ID and history log. I've worked here for three years and I know pretty much all the patients extremely well. So well that our doctor will ask me if someone is our patient or not because I can remember extremely insignificant details off the top of my head, such as a person's middle initial in their name. I'm the only person who works the front desk, so unless I'm already on call, I answer every phone call coming into the clinic. Because I answer every call, I know many patients just by the sound of their voice, especially if they call frequently. The doctor I work for doesn't take new patients, so we don't have an extremely high number of patients. This is also why I know so many patients so well because it's mostly the same people over and over with rarely any new faces to learn. The patient in question during this event, I know super well because he has the pseudo-bulber effect where you cry or laugh in inappropriate situations. I worked there when he was diagnosed and it's kind of a rare disease. So I remember him extremely extremely well because he often has episodes in the waiting room while checking in and I try to make him as comfortable as possible but acting as if nothing is out of the ordinary. I would say he's one of my favorites because he's so sweet and just a kind man regardless and has treated me with nothing but respect and unfortunately that's not the case for all of our patients. Because of the pandemic and given that most of our patients come to appointments with no acute problems, the office is doing pretty much every appointment as telemedicine with a few exceptions here and there for things that absolutely can't be treated over the phone. Telemedicine here is just a normal phone call because the physician isn't very tech savvy. The majority of our patient population is geriatric, so they really aren't tech savvy either so we don't do video chat or anything like that. The office is small. We have one physician, two nurses, and me, front desk, and I work in a separate but very open room with a big checkout window and a door on the same side that stays open facing the desk that the physician and one nurse sit at. We can just talk normally across the room to hear each other. So generally, I kind of zone out while the doctor is doing telemedicine appointments, but subconsciously listen for certain key words or phrases that he usually says every single time before he sends the call to me when he's done to schedule the patient's next follow-up appointment. 
I'm halfway listening, and I know that he's on the phone, and this patient calls in that I mentioned earlier with a pseudo-bulbar effect. We'll call him Mr. L. And Mr. L says that he was on the phone with the doctor for his telemedicine appointment, but the call dropped. Not a big deal. I mean, this happens somewhat often. I said back to him, I think he's on the phone with someone right now, but let me check for you. Hold on one sec. And I put him on hold. I was double checking that he was on a patient call and not on a personal call. The doctor will literally talk on his cell phone to friends about everything in the world, like hunting, fishing, football. You get the picture. He's older and doesn't really text, just talks on the phone a lot, all the time. But he'll only call patients on the desk Cisco phone. So I see that he was talking on the desk phone, which obviously he's talking to a patient, I assume. He would never make a personal call on the Cisco desk phone because our company records every phone call. And I pick the phone back up after being put on hold and say, hey, Mr. L, he is on the phone with another patient right now. Just stay by your phone, then I'll get him to call you right back. But when I picked it back up from hold, there wasn't anyone there. So I started saying, hello? A few times before just hanging up because it was just dead silent. The nurse who sits behind the doctor on the other side of the room turns around to face me and says, Wait, who did you just hang up with? And I was like, Mr. L, why? She replied back to me and said, because that's who he's talking to right now. Keep in mind the doctor is still on the phone as she's telling me this. And she tells me, he's been on the phone with Mr. L this entire time. I knew without a doubt from the moment Mr. L called in that the doctor was on a call already and was on this call the entire time with zero interruptions. Me and the nurse are just extremely bewildered by this, and by the time the doctor was done with this call and sent it to me to schedule the next appointment, I asked Mr. L if his call dropped at any point in time or if he called the office in the last few minutes. For our telemedicine appointments, the doctor calls the patient, not the other way around. He told me, well, I dropped my phone on the floor, but I just picked it back up and kept talking. He seemed confused by the question, so I didn't push it any further. Me and the nurse who realized this then checked the call log history, and it confirmed that the doctor's phone had a call with Mr. L for around 13 minutes without interruption, and my phone also had a call during that call from the same number. His first and last name also shows up on caller ID, and it was on both phones. I also confirmed with the doctor that his call with Mr. L was never interrupted, and he confirmed that it wasn't at any point in time. When I told him what had happened, he just chuckled and said we were living in the twilight zone and had zero logical explanation for it. I also recognized his voice, and there's zero doubt in my mind that it was indeed Mr. L that I spoke to. So the only reasonable explanation the nurse that witnessed this and I could seem to come up with is that maybe in another dimension when Mr. L dropped his phone on the floor, it did drop the call. When he called back, I answered in this dimension, but he was disconnected after I put him on hold since it was radio silence after I picked it back up. Honestly, if you have any reasonable explanations other than it was just someone else calling in, because I know that was impossible. I mean, the call history log backed up and it was the exact same phone number 
and I know it was his voice, feel free to shoot them below. I'm honestly just mind blown by this. And while I was never disbelieving of alternate dimensions before, I was skeptical because of lack of hardcore proof. But this has definitely convinced me. A few years ago, when my daughter was three, I decided to go back to school and become a nurse. My husband and I were in no way trying for a baby whatsoever. I was on birth control and we were very careful. I walk her into preschool one day to find the director and her teachers telling me congratulations with big smiles on their faces. I used to work as a preschool teacher here, so a lot of these people were close friends of mine. I ask them what they're congratulating me for, and they tell me that my daughter announced to everyone that mommy has a little sister in her tummy. I laughed it off and told them all I was sorry to disappoint, but that just wasn't true. My daughter and I went home and talked about it, and I told her mommy didn't have a baby in her tummy, and she just kept pointing at my belly and saying, yes, you do, as if I were lying to her. A few days later, I woke up to someone touching my belly. My daughter has the bottom of my shirt pulled up with her head resting on my belly while she rubs it gently and says, baby sister, what are you doing hiding in there? It was really sweet and I just assumed she really wanted a little sister. And she had never expressed any interest in having a sibling prior to this and we never discussed it. We had the talk again and she got upset with me and told me that she has seen her before and she is in there. She told me that her sister looks different than us and has blonde hair and blue eyes with little holes in her cheeks, AKA dimples. My daughter, husband and I all have very dark hair, chocolate brown eyes and no dimples. I talked to her about wanting a sibling and tell her that when I finish school, we will try to give her a little brother or sister. Again, she's frustrated and yelling, I already have a sister. I was expecting my period to start within the next week like clockwork. It didn't. I took a pregnancy test and just stared at that faint positive result for what felt like forever. I was completely in shock. I mean, I was on birth control so immediately called my OBGYN and they saw me the next day. And it was estimated that I was four weeks and six days pregnant. I gave birth to a blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl with the sweetest dimples. This experience has always blown my mind. This happened in 1988. It was late in the afternoon and I was in a house secluded in the heights of St. Joseph. The exact location is not given for anonymity reasons, part of which was under renovation. My husband was a mason and he had several construction sites. When he could, on weekends, he worked on the house to make progress on the work as he could. There were concrete rubble with sometimes sharp iron rods and pieces of sharp metal in a corner of the courtyard. 
for now. It's a detail, but it will be important later. Anyway, I was with my four-year-old child and my husband was about to come home from work. I was doing my household chores inside and my child was playing in the large room. Then I heard my husband's car driving on the dirt road to get to us. My son also heard it and as usual, he ran out shouting, Dad! He went out through the door and went to wait for his father in front of the house on the concrete driveway. It should be noted that that afternoon, the weather was cloudy and gray. A few seconds after my son went out to wait for his father outside, it started to rain. And so I also ran out to both pick up my laundry and tell my child to come back inside. Once in front of my clothesline and after picking up a few, I looked to my left to see if my son was at the end of the concrete driveway but he wasn't. Suddenly, I heard the sound of stones and metal rubbing on my right. I turned my head and saw my son playing in the rubble. I shouted his name, promising to spank him if he didn't get out immediately. Because yes, the rubble was on my right. He was sitting, crouching in it, his back to me, and he was ignoring my shout, which was nevertheless powerful. Once the laundry was picked up in a few seconds, I issued a final ultimatum to my son, but still nothing, still ignoring me. So I quickly went inside to drop off the laundry basket so I could go back out and retrieve my child from this dangerous pile of rubble. But when I got inside, I almost had a heart attack. My husband was there with our child in his arms, having entered through the back door. In total panic, I still hurriedly dropped off the laundry basket and went back out to see who was in the rubble. And once outside, no one was there. I went back inside and asked my husband where he had taken our child. Of course, this question was absurd because he couldn't have taken the child into the rubble, gone around the house and come back in through the back door in such a short time. I would have seen him anyway. But my mind couldn't believe otherwise so I insisted on him answering that question. His answer was striking. He told me he had picked up our child at the end of the driveway. They had gone into the car together and he had driven slowly to the back of the house to take a short ride with his son because he loved it. It was true that I had forgotten that it was our son's habit that every time his father came home, he asked him to take a ride in the car. So when I went out to pick up the laundry and didn't see him at the end of the concrete driveway, it meant he was already in the car with his father, slowly driving to the backyard. But that's when I saw a child in the rubble who vanished in five to 10 seconds, the time it took to put down the basket. Now, a few important points to clarify. It couldn't have been a neighbor's child. The closest neighbor was one kilometer away. And in 88, we lived on several hectares of agricultural land. There were very few houses then, unlike now where house constructions are common. Also, the child that I saw looked like my son in every way. But in the rubble, he was wearing a red t-shirt. Whereas, in fact, all day that day, he was wearing a yellow t-shirt. But at the time, I didn't realize it with the stress of seeing what I thought was my child in a dangerous rubble and rushing to pick up my laundry in the rain. Everything happened in almost two minutes. Was it a ghost? I don't know. 
All I can tell you is that it looked real, as real as you and me. I, female 26, live in a flat building in a good area. It's a long, windy cul-de-sac, so there's not many cars coming in and out unless it's people leaving or coming home from work. My boyfriend is away to Thailand for a month, and we usually take the dog out together at night, but I went by myself, which I was fine with. I usually feel safe. Last week, around 8 p.m., I left the flat to take my dog out for a pee. My dog is extremely excitable especially around other people. She just had her spay surgery. She has a cone on her head and stitches that have to heal. I'm waiting for my dog to do her business and a car pulls in and drives slowly past me. The guy did a friendly, neighborly nod towards me, so I did a small smile back, you know, to be polite. The guy parks at the front of the building and I'm at the other side of the car park on the grass with my dog. I'm watching my dog, trying to get her to hurry up because it was freezing, and I look up and the man is standing outside of his car, staring at me. Freaked out by this, I turn my attention back to my dog. I keep looking over my shoulder and he's staring with a creepy-ass smile on his face. I looked away again for a second and he was walking along the road slowly towards us. I'm a really friendly person. I mean, I can be paranoid and aware as any woman should be at night, but something about him made me feel scared. He was walking so slowly. I mean, as if he wants to talk to me. So I hide behind a van and I'm telling my dog, hurry up and pee. I can't see him anymore, which terrified the life out of me. All I hear are footsteps coming towards us and the guy peeks his face around the van, and my dog goes nuts. She's jumping around barking aggressively, which she never does with people, and the guy doesn't take that as a reason to leave. My dog is showing that he doesn't want his presence, but even though she's doing this, he continues walking towards us slowly. I start backing up and say to him, please leave, as she's just had surgery and she's too excited. In the most quiet, sinister voice, he asked, What's your name? I couldn't really hear him. He kept repeating the question, and I eventually understood what he was saying. My dog is still going absolutely nuts at him. I say again, Please, my dog just had surgery. You need to walk away. She's too excited. Ignored. Again. Walks towards us, asking my name. So I start walking away from him, and he ponders for a minute, still smiling creepily, may I add, and he eventually backs up slowly, still facing me. And I swear he did this for at least 20 seconds. He walks back to his car, looking over his shoulder at me, then stands back at his car and stares for another three minutes. I pretend my dog is doing something when she's really just being a pain in the ass and just standing there. I look up and he's gone. I'm shaking, sending my sister voice notes about what's going on and she's telling me, just go inside. But she doesn't realize I'm frozen in fear. 
Eventually, I see a woman and her son rock up the front door, so I half jog over with my dog to go inside the same time as them. The front of our building has glass doors, and I glance in, and the man is standing there waiting for us. I told the woman, this man has been following me and my dog. I'm scared, and she walks in with me. The man sees that I'm not alone and walks right past us, out of the building again. I run into the lift with my dog, get in and lock my doors. I decided to tell my two male neighbors about it and as my boyfriend is away and they agree to run downstairs if I ever need them to. I took a picture of his car and registration plate. As my twin sister gets the train home late at night after work and I want her to be wary of him. Well, today I was out with my dog at 11 a.m. just doing our usual walk around the block. We walk into the building and as we are heading to the lift, I see the guy peek his head around the corner. He was looking at me. He started walking towards me. At first, I didn't recognize him, but then he smiled his creepy fucking smile and I realized who it was. He said, hi. So I said, hi, then beelined for the lift. He came towards me and my dog again, and I pressed the lift button, just watching it come down from the sixth floor. He comes and stands closer to me again. My dog is going nuts at him. He asked, what's my name? And he has an accent. He asked again when I didn't understand what he was saying. I asked, what, my, my dog's name or mine? And he says, yours, and smiles. I froze and said a fake name. He started to move closer. I had no time to pay attention. The lift was about to open and I could run away. He told me his name and I replied, nice to meet you. And finally the lift doors opened and I walked in and pressed the button into my floor and hoping he was going to leave me alone. He ran behind me as I walked in and he said, I'd like to see you again. What the fuck? Shivers ran down my spine. I was so creeped out. I replied that I had a boyfriend but thanks. As I said this, the lift doors were closing and he tried to stick his hand out to stop the lift from closing, but thank God they closed on time. I'm only on the next floor up, so I was so afraid he was going to run up and see what floor I got off at. I stopped for a moment and almost pressed a different floor, but I just wanted to get into my home and lock the doors. The lift opens and he's not there so I beelined to my front door. There's a glass door to the stairs, and I swear I thought I saw someone coming up, and I ran in and locked the front door. I was so confused by what just happened. Next thing I do, message everyone with the update. They told me to phone the non-emergency police number, even just to get it on record, so I did that, and the police arrived at my flight at 3 p.m. I explained everything to them, and they said I could either A, get the police to go to his front door and tell him to knock it off, or B, next time he does something like that, tell him to leave me alone, and if he doesn't, phone the police as it would then be considered harassment. But for now, the police couldn't do any more, which is fair enough. I didn't want to anger him at this stage, as it's not a crime at this point, but why can't he just leave me alone? I've clearly shown that I'm not interested it just annoys me that I can't even leave my house looking ugly as hell without someone being desperate for any female in the immediate area. 
I hate saying something's going on when it maybe isn't, but I just have a terrible gut feeling. Update. I hadn't seen the guy since the last incident. However, I saw him today. I again was taking my dog out to the toilet around 1 p.m. As soon as I left the main door, I look and the guy is sitting in his car. He clocked me. I started walking past his car when he got out and said hi to me. I completely ignored him and walked on by. I was preparing myself to shout at him if he kept following or talking to me. I went over to the grass and the guy is standing next to his car staring again. I'm a bit further away, so I text my sister letting her know that he was at his car watching me. She didn't reply, so I phoned one of my male neighbors and he quickly got his shoes on and said he was coming down the stairs. I look back at the man and it seems as though he has his phone out recording me. I started shaking, working myself up to the point of confronting him and telling him to leave me alone. Next thing I know, my sister bolts out of the building and fast walks over to me and my dog. She said as soon as she came out of the building, she saw him back inside of his car with his car door fully open and his back was turned to her because he was watching me. So she saw it this time. He looked at her briefly and watched her walk over to me. He started staring at us both, but that's when my male neighbor got outside and walked over to the both of us. The man continued watching as I told them both that I thought he was waiting for me to go back into the building because why was he just sitting there? My sister had had enough of it. So she told me and my neighbor to take the dog for her walk and stormed over to the guy's car. She said, excuse me, and he was shocked. She stood right in front of his car and explained that he needs to leave me alone. I'm not interested. I told him the dog had surgery and that he wouldn't leave, which is unacceptable. She also said that I had mentioned about my boyfriend, so he needs to leave me alone. And he just nodded and mumbled a few times and said he looked frightened. She walked back into the building, so we took the dog on a walk when we got back, and he was gone. Probably got out of his car and ran back into his flat. I mean, he made me uncomfortable, so she did it to him. I mean, now if anything else happens, I'm phoning the police, as they would then say it's harassment. I've also contacted my letting agency and sent them an email with all the details so they are definitely aware. Thank you again to everyone. I live in a very small town. We have a small grocery store, hardware store, you know the drill. I was done getting groceries and hopped into my car to head home. As I pulled up to the end of the driveway of the store, blinker on to get onto the main road, I see a big white lifted Chevy pickup driving toward me that I need to wait for. I watch it as it drives closer to me, remarking to myself that it looks so similar to my husband's older and rusted around the edges. It even had the same black emblem and large iron cross bumper. As the truck goes past me, my jaw nearly fell open. Staring at me intently was a man almost identical to my husband, but with a longer graying beard and gray hair around the ears. I 
quickly gathered myself together and pulled out behind the truck and up to the stop sign that followed. He was staring at me still in his side mirror, glancing away and then staring at me again. He took off like a shot the first chance he got, and I tried to follow to see which direction he took, but a car was coming and I couldn't get out behind him in time. The truck sped off toward my road, but I don't know if he turned in that direction or not. I know that's a little crazy, but I couldn't help feeling the total connection that I feel with my husband when I saw his reflection in that side mirror staring at me. It gives me goosebumps to think about because it was like he knew that I was me and I was the wrong age and that he needed to get out of there before I could follow him. I don't know, I I got home and my husband was there working in his wood shop. I told him about it and he chuckled and asked if he looked hot when he was old. I mean, he did if it was really him. Since everyone keeps speculating over the fact that I didn't write down the dang license plate number, A, I was shocked. B, I wasn't paying that close attention as the truck was coming at me that I was looking at the plate number. And yes, I could tell there was a color difference between the almost black hair on his head and the lighter gray around his ears. I'm not blind. And as for seeing the license plates, I said in another comment that yes, they were my state plates, but honestly, I don't even know what my husband's plates are. I only know mine because it's a repetitive number pattern. And yes, this happened. And I wouldn't have posted a lie because honestly, I'm a little scared of being vilified by a bunch of strangers on the internet. And I'm an honest person. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Blame It on the Aliens. This is your reminder, if you like the show, to follow, hit the notification bell, subscribe, leave a five-star review, and make a comment in the review to support my show. If you have a friend of the genre, definitely share the show with them. If you haven't already followed me on social media, I'm on Instagram at Blame It On The Aliens. Podcast is my username. You can DM me any comments about the show, any stories you like, and share any of your own personal stories. You can also send in any personal stories you have to the email blameitonthealiens1 at gmail.com, or you can click the link in the description to send in a voice memo. And I will be back next week with more creepy content. 